0: Brian Pettyjohn is the Senate Republican Whip and represents the 19th Senate District. He joins the second floor to discuss the Delaware Superior Court's recent ruling on the early voting and permanent absentee laws and the constitutional amendment Republicans will introduce to address the issue. Welcome back to another episode of the Second Floor Podcast. My name's Matt Revel, the Communications Director for the Senate Republicans. And uh, here with me today is the Republican Whip in the State Senate, Senator Brian Pettyjohn. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Good. Um, just wrapping up uh, February here. The Joint Finance Committee has had uh, but three or four weeks of yep. hearings. Um, so within next week or two, we'll be getting a recap of... Uh JFC, everything that went on there, kind of like a little overview of the budget and what to expect. We'll be talking with Senator Lawson about that. And I'm sure Senator Buxton, who's also a member of JFC, will want to offer his thoughts as well. Uh, but generally speaking, aside from JFC, February is normally pretty quiet. It normally is, yeah. Uh, but something happened, so we're recording this on, uh, with, what is today, Wednesday? The 28th. Yeah. February 28th. Well, on Friday the 23rd, uh, Delaware Superior Court issued a ruling that struck down Delaware's early voting law, as well as the permanent absentee law. Correct. Um, as one can expect, that made february a little less quiet yeah uh,
1: at, at least the last week of february has been a lot less quiet
0: yeah yeah so i mean there there's statements going out from everybody um so we wanted to sit down really discuss that kind of cut through the the noise if you will that's out there uh and, and discuss kind of what that means right but also the path forward that probably should have been taken five years ago right which has been echoed during the floor debate um which we can discuss that a little bit. I say the Florida debate back in 2019 around House Bill 38. But anyway, so like I said, Superior Court struck down uh, the early voting law. Um, Your thoughts on that, Senator? You know, early voting, fundamentally,
1: I don't have a problem with early voting the way that we do it in Delaware. Uh, It's done via machine. It's not done via paper ballots that can be lost, misplaced or whatever. I mean, they're done via the same voting the same type of voting machines that you would uh, vote in at the at the general election in person uh, or whatever election in person. So fundamentally I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know part of the problem that we've we, we have was that you know, according to the analysis that that our caucus did and, and our attorneys, it didn't fall in line with the constitutional provisions as to how and when voting should occur. Um, you know, we, Delaware has some very specific rails around how voting occurs in the state of Delaware. We don't leave a lot of it up to the General Assembly. I mean, there is a lot of things that, that has to do with uh, the the voting in Delaware that, that are in the general laws of the state of Delaware. Uh, but all of those general laws have to fall within the guidelines that are in uh, Article Five of Delaware's Constitution uh, that deals with elections. Uh, the judge uh, found that uh, the early voting statute does not fit within that, as well as the permitted absentee, uh, because there are specific uh, areas within the Delaware Constitution that says you can f- vote absentee for these reasons. Um, so, you know there there were there were questions about that. The the judge ruled those unconstitutional, and you know as expected. Um, this is going to go to the Delaware State Supreme Court. Hopefully, they'll have some expedited uh, uh, arguments on this and and briefings so that we can get a good uh, idea of where we need to be uh, coming up on November. I mean, we're already going to be into March here soon. Yeah. Yeah, Um, So, you know, nine months uh, until Election Day. We need to gain clarity for the Department of Elections uh, for the candidates, and more importantly for the voters as to what they can and can't do uh, come Election Day uh,
0: 2024. So um, on Thursday of this week, there there will be a, a constitutional amendment um, introduced by mm-hmm. the House and Senate Republicans, uh, which deals just with early voting, Correct. in-person early voting. Yep. I think that's worth uh, highlighting there. Um, basically, more or less takes the language from House Bill thirty eight, which mm-hmm. was the original early voting bill back in two thousand nineteen, and puts it into constitutional amendment form. Right, uh, and will require a vote. Yeah, here, yeah. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But like you said, hopefully we'll have some clarity one way or the other, yeah. from the Supreme Court.
1: Right. Uh, so, you know, even if we manage to pass the constitutional amendment uh, before we adjourn in June, at the end of June, uh, it's a constitutional amendment. So in Delaware, it has to pass two consecutive General Assemblies. So it would not be enacted constitutionally until uh, come January. Uh, was would be the soonest that we can can enact it permanently uh, for, for the general election here in Delaware. Now, interesting of note, uh, school referendums, uh, municipal elections, uh, special elections, primaries are not affected by the Supreme Court ruling because all of those types of elections are defined in code. This only applies to general elections here in Delaware. Uh, So all those others, they can still have early voting. They can still have uh, permanent absentee, I I guess, if if, uh, Department of Elections really wants to do do two different procedures for general election and then all the other elections. Uh, But again, it does not apply to those elections, only the general election, only the
0: November election on even-numbered years. So like I said, um, since Friday's ruling, there's been a lot of noise, a lot of partisan noise, uh, specifically from statewide candidates to statewide office, uh, statewide, holders, statewide right? office holders. Mm-hmm. I know the attorney general just held a press conference yesterday. And a lot of the rhetoric, frankly, that you're hearing is from a lot of the national progressive talking points, mm-hmm. something that we're actually not used to hearing here in Delaware. <laughs> no, politics. It's,
1: it's disappointing to be
0: right. and And I think it's worth noting also that 46, well, prior to Friday's mm-hmm. ruling, 45 other states have had early voting. It's pretty much widely um, widely accepted, even by Republicans. Yeah, I mean, red states, purple states, blue states uh, all have
1: uh, some type of early voting there.
0: So to that point, Senator, there's a lot of rhetoric out there, one way or the other. And I think it's worth getting on the record. We're just kind of cutting through all that, frankly, Um Majority of Republicans, even elected, do support early voting. They support. They're not trying to limit access to the ballot now, box. No, look, look,
1: and, and you know, let me just stop you there because this is something that's really burned me. You know, since we started seeing these press reports come out, you know, the the rhetoric that's coming out is 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 honestly is is very disappointing from from colleagues that we have. You know, people that we work with in legislative hall, people that we see all the time saying. You know, the, the Republicans want to, the, the extremist Republicans want to be doing this and, and limiting people's rights to vote. Which and, and every statement,
0: by the way, had that same I know. I know.
1: I know. And, and look, nothing could be further from the truth. All we want is to say, look, guys, you didn't do it the right way to begin with. It should have been a constitutional amendment. You tried to short circuit the process by going through legislation. Let's, you know, and, and, and you got called out for it. You know, let's do it the right way. We've got a constitutional amendment that's prepared that's going to be released to allow uh, ten days early voting here in Delaware, just like you've got early voting in the the vast majority of, of other states. Um, let's get it done. Let's get it done right. And you know, to to hear. This 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 DC type of, of rhetoric that's coming from the majority right now, I'm just I'm really disappointed in that because nothing could be further from the truth. We're not trying to take away people's right to vote. We want to make sure that when people vote, it's in accordance with the foundational document of the state of Delaware, and that's our state constitution. That's all we're interested interested in is making sure it's done the right way per Delaware's constitution. And, and if we can fix that problem, if we can, can, can come together as Democrats and Republicans, uh, you know, the four caucuses to get that done, that's a win. I mean, that's what the people of Delaware expect us to do. We, they don't expect us to be lobbing grenades back and forth. Uh, they expect us to get in there and get the job done. And, and that's what we're trying to do right now.
0: And so when we were listening to the House chamber audio, um, again, from 2019, uh, Representative Danny Short and former representative, David Bentz, who was the author of uh, House Bill 38. Certainly I'm not privy to their conversations and stuff, but uh, the comment was made by Representative Short and David Benz. Uh, representative Bentz acknowledged that, that apparently there had been some talk, uh, an agreement made that they would work on a constitutional amendment surrounding this issue. Uh, so it definitely sounds like there was an acknowledgement, even by members of the majority, that Um, it may not be such a sure thing about whether House Bill 38 was constitutional. Uh, But, so there was, like I said, an acknowledgement that in order to shore it up, they probably should work on a constitutional amendment and get it through. But, like I said, that was 2019. Obviously, we would know what happened a few short months later in Uh, 2020. So, a lot of stuff kind of got kicked uh, to the curb, if you will. Mm -hmm. For both sides. Right. Oh, Oh, yeah. both sides. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, but also, like, I just want to emphasize that there was an acknowledgement that an amendment at least should be explored.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what, we're we're doing that now, and uh, it, you know, we we want to do things right, and we want to make sure that as votes are cast, that the votes are recorded, they're recorded properly, uh, and that they're reflected in the vote totals. You know, we just had a special election here in the thirty seventh district. Uh, you know Georgetown and surrounding areas, both west, east, and south of here, um, on in in December, uh, and uh, there were quite a few people that uh, that took advantage of early voting. And uh, you know, it's it's something you know, especially with a special election close to close to Christmas, people mm-hmm. were having travel plans, just get it out of the way and do. Look in in today's economy too, you've got people that are working two jobs plus you know dealing with things with the family. Um, early voting is good for people. It, it allows them that flexibility to be able to have 10 days to be able to do it. I mean, if you're, you know, working, especially in the private sector, I mean, state government, federal government, I think they give you off for election day. But if you're working in the private sector um, and, 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 you, and, and you're and you working election day, you know, during the time the, the polls are open, um, you know, we want to make sure that you're able to to cast that vote. Now, you could do it absentee. Um, you know, I believe, uh, one of the reasons there is because of, of work, um, that, uh, that you can file for an absentee, but either way, if you're able to go and vote in person early, um, to, to one of the, the, the early voting polling places, uh, throughout the state. And I think that's, that's something that people should have the, the opportunity and the ability to do, you know, again, given, given how hard it is to make ends meet and people's choices and, and, and the necessity to, to be working, you know, multiple jobs right now, so I mean, there's a lot of people that this would help, um, and and this isn't a partisan helping Democrats, helping Republicans. This is this is allowing people the access to the right to vote and, and being able to do it the right way, the, the the way that's in line with the writing and the spirit and the interpretation from our courts of our Constitution.
0: So, as I mentioned, kind of at the top of this, uh, the two Republican caucuses and the General Assembly are introducing an amendment, a constitutional amendment surrounding early voting. Uh, Do you have any expectations for that bill? Like, do you think it will go forward? Do you have any indication from anyone on the other side of the aisle what's going
1: on? Well, it it depends. I mean, I I think there's some constitutional language that they want changed around uh, voting as well. So this is going to be one of those situations where, you know, we're going to have to meet, you know, leadership and all four caucuses are going to have to meet and find out what the path forward is going to be. Um, You know, we are fundamentally uh, um, against no excuse absentee voting. Um, you know, especially if you marry that with a 10 day early voting period and, and the constraints that are around absentee voting as it is now, um, you know, if you're away on vacation, military service, uh, illness, you know, religious, all these different things. Uh, if, if you meet any of those conditions, then you can get an absentee ballot. Um, you know, otherwise we're going to have 10 days of, of voting out there. So, you know, let's, let's kind of, let's work with what we have now, um, and 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 try to fix uh, this issue that was brought before us. But you know, again, we've got to have those conversations with the other side. That's part of what we do. Um, you know, we we have to work with the other side. Um, you know, we have to come to an agreement on some of these things. When they need some Republican votes in order to pass it, and then we need Democrat votes, obviously, uh, to pass some of the proposals that we have. So you know, it's it's going to be us. Doing what we're supposed to do and what people expect us to do, and that's and that's work together to come to a uh, uh, consensus on things
0: and to solve these problems. All right, Senator. Well, appreciate you taking a little bit of time yep. out of your day. We just we had actually just come back from Sussex Tech. There was a uh, adult education task, task force course. press conference, mm-hmm. which really quickly, if you want to touch on that,
1: yeah, real quick. Um, so theres there's been a consensus that we need to invest more in adult education. Uh, Adult learners who maybe didn't finish their high school diploma have to go through and get GED uh, and get additional training as well, vocational training, in order to kind of better themselves, better their families, put them in a better financial situation. Uh, So that report came out, and, uh, you know, looking at the report, you know, it says we, we need to make that investment. We need to make the investment in, you know, we, we always talk about education, 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 and people immediately think of K-12. Uh, but there is other education that we invest money in that pays great dividends, especially these adult learners. Look, K-12, you kind of have to be there, but these adult learners want to come back. Uh, and go through the program and get their GED, get some of this vocational training, get some of the training and and certifications that are out there so that they can get good jobs. Uh, I think there was a study that says uh, in in the next few years um, over 60% of the jobs that are going to be out there uh, will require some type of post, um, I guess, post-primary, post-K through 12 something. Whether it's a degree, whether it's a certificate, whether you know it's it, it's some type of credential, um, you know that's going to be needed in that workforce, and and only sixteen percent uh, or so, I think that number I'm I'm just going by off of memory, uh, will require only a high school diploma. So you know the the need for your your post-secondary, your post K through twelve education, whether it's a formal degree, uh, associates, bachelor's, master, PhD, or some of these specialized certificates out there. You know, I think in the technology field, there's all of these these professional certifications that are out there. Great which, time to
0: plug a uh, fast, fast, exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. And and that's one of the reasons why that um, I did uh, the fast program uh, back a few years ago. It's because these things are so so sorely needed. Uh, especially, I mean, there's one big one that's out there right now is your is a uh, commercial driver's license, a CDL, uh, and, and CDLs right now. I mean, CDL drivers are are making really good money because, you know, we're we're lacking in drivers. Number one, number two, the federal government came out here recently with more stringent standards and trainings for uh, CDL drivers, so that has slowed down the pace. Of, of getting new CDL drivers, um, you know, going through the courses and licensed and out on the road. So, you know, we are dealing with some of those things right now. We are looking at uh, other options out there uh, for intrastate um, um, trucking. But, you know, bottom line is, you know, from school bus drivers, they need CDLs. Uh, people that, buy, that drive the larger box trucks uh, pull the larger trailers to the, to the folks that drive the, uh, the semis. Uh, you know, they all need those CDLs. They need that training. And we're trying to expand the access to a lot of those things so that we can, you know, get the truckers out on the road and, and, and get all the other people out there with, with good paying
0: jobs. Look, the the task force that you referenced, the FAST, those programs were enacted through bipartisan work, Mm -hmm. bipartisan consensus, and hopefully we'll see that with these election laws. I hope so as well. Going forward. Yep. Anyway, Senator, like I said, appreciate you taking time out of your day, and in the meantime, folks, be on the lookout for, like I said, future podcast episodes surrounding probably this as well. I'm sure there's some other legislators that like to their thoughts on the record but uh, also what's going on joint finance committee the budget i'm sure we'll hear from members of the bond bill committee about what to expect during those deliberations as well but in the meantime thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening we'll see you next time the second floor podcast is recorded and produced by the delaware state senate republican caucus you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter with username DE Senate GOP and at senategop.delaware.gov.